you're watching uh, BC One today or on social media, you would have seen video posted um, showing a commercial truck colliding with an overpass uh, in uh, Richmond uh, Friday morning. The truck was traveling southbound on Knight Street and uh, it was a dump truck and it was in the raised position and uh, I just saw it earlier today and as you could just see what was about to occur and we all saw what transpired and the impact it had on rush hour traffic in the morning and um, uh, in, in the afternoon drive time as well. As well, Now, the Richmond Road Safety Unit uh, is still investigating the incident, but it's not yet known if any charges could be laid. Now, we're just checking around in regards to, um, you know, trucks uh, hitting overhead bridges. And what I, can, what I found today was between 2021 and 2022, but uh, there was uh, seven incidents uh, in that period where trucks carrying overheight loads uh, struck overhead bridges. What's causing this? Why is this happening? Uh, because it is a significant issue, not only to the driver, uh, to other commuters, but also to our infrastructure as well. Joining me now to talk a little bit about what transpired last week, but the broader issue of overpass accidents is Dave Earl, President and CEO of the BC Trucking Association. Dave, thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. Your thoughts, first and foremost. Uh, I know uh, you're away on vacation, but you're certainly aware of the incident that transpired, uh, that overpass in, in Richmond. Your thoughts, first of all, on, on what you, I'm sure, have seen and heard. Yeah, and I mean, it's one of the things, Jazz, that when you first look at it, I really, it, it's obvious at first blush what happened. Uh, you know, the box was in the raised position, but I don't know how that occurred. Um, equipment's not supposed to be able to do that, quite frankly. So there, there seems to be to be something that's gone awry uh, in terms of how that box came to be in the raised position. Um, but in that broader context, yeah, there, there's a lot more um, work that has to be done to better understand what we're dealing with uh, when we see these things than, uh, than we see at first blush. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to clarify, this is a, a, a dump truck, and they are not members of the BC Trucking Association. Let's, let's clarify that first and foremost. Yeah, and that's correct. We don't uh, have barely a handful of of dump trucks, and they're part of our other members' fleets. So I can't speak for them, uh, certainly, and and certainly wouldn't want to. But it's just, um, it's something that when we we look at, we try and learn from incidents to do better, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of, well, how did this happen? And as you noted, uh, there's been been seven uh, incidents in the previous, you know, year or two, uh, which is precisely seven too many. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is one of the things that we work with government to say, well, share with us the information so we can figure out, is it training? Is it enforcement? What is it? But uh, we just don't know. So there's been no broader discourse between the government and your association or the broader trucking community in regards to what's causing this, what their investigations have concluded to, as you say, to do better. No, we haven't had that opportunity to sit down with them and debrief over the half a dozen incidents. Now, some of the reports may tell us things, some may not. Uh, some may tell us that it is carelessness. Some may tell us that it was a mistake. Um, we just don't know. And that, that's the problem is because we don't know, we've been saying, you know, it, it's time to share. It's time to have those conversations so we can better understand what exactly we're dealing with. So the government at this point, has not uh, talked openly about what those investigations have concluded. Like, they're just the government isn't participating here in, with the industry. Well, they're 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 always talking. They're always amiable, and they're very open to having conversations. But when we get to the point of saying share specifics, 
Um, one of the things we've said for many, many years as an association, um, so if you're a customer, Jazz, and you want to go hire a good carrier, well, how do you do that? Uh, well, you can contact us and we can tell you the questions to ask, but we've been saying to government, why don't you make this data available online? And they've been working towards that. I've been working diligently towards it. Um, but, you know, working towards it and delivering what we need are two different things. And, you know, it, it's time that we start, you know, putting some pins on the wall and saying, okay, uh, we've done that. Let's move on. Is it difficult, do you think, partially also because you know, I'm going to make some assumptions here, but the dump truck industry, they're predominantly probably owner operators. They may potentially have an association, but there's no sort of um, union or, or, or an organization that they collectively speaks on their behalf or provides potentially training beyond the initial uh, mandatory training that they have to go through. Is that part mm-hmm. of the issue as well, just the way the industry may be structured? Well, I think so, Jazz. And when you look at the broader industry, there are 16,000 trucking companies registered in general trucking in British Columbia. And of those, about 22 have 100 or more employees. I mean, that gives you a sense of how fractured the industry is. We've got several hundred good-sized trucking companies. But, you know, when I look at our membership, the vast majority of our membership have less than five trucks. You know, these are small companies that are trying to do the right thing and trying, uh, you know, to, to do it right and joining associations. There's a whole bunch of people that just don't know. And we really need to do a better job reaching out. Uh- in this case, just based on the video that every many people have seen, uh, n- no amount of infrastructure or different type of infrastructure was going to was going to save this individual in regards to the truck hitting uh, the the overpass. But is part of it also just infrastructure, older infrastructure that perhaps uh, new infrastructure would be built a little higher? It, it would take into consideration different sizes, and in, in some cases may just be older infrastructure that's leading some of the and, and training itself. But infrastructure is part of that that we. We just have to update some of that infrastructure that we built, uh, the overpasses that we've built. I mean, yeah, Jess, we we do. We have to update it for a whole bunch of reasons. And and you're right, we can never build it high enough to get the really big loads underneath. You know, and when I look at it, um, you know, people would ask me, you know, what do you think, you know, caused this? And I mean, I, I would stare out the window and say, well, you know, gee whiz, it was either too high or the bridge is too low. Um, you say that tongue in cheek, but... There's a grain of of truth there, and we can't blame infrastructure. Um, We can't get there and say, you know, the reason why this happened is 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 because it was too low. And I I know that's not what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is a grain of truth to it to say, you know, yeah, it's been built a long, long time ago. And when you look at how much opportunity we lose and how much economic activity we lose, because really big oversized loads cannot move through the port of Vancouver. Um, it's really disheartening. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, uh, beyond just the, that incident uh, last week, uh, today the government did announce that uh, starting in the summer, um, commercial vehicle operators will be required to use electronic logging devices to track drivers' time behind the wheel, which reduces the likelihood of driving while tired. Speak to me a little bit about what this will mean to your industry moving forward. Oh, sure, Jazz. I mean, we we are so pleased that government's taken this step. Um, It's in concert with every other jurisdiction across Canada. Uh, It's a federal standard. It's been in place federally since June of last year. It's been enforced uh, on federal carriers operating in B.C. since January 1st of this year. 
you know, two-thirds of the fleet uh, commercially across the country right now, that's our best estimate, are already running it. What it is, it doesn't change the rules. It doesn't change the law. It changes how drivers and companies have to comply with the law. So there's no more running two different logbooks. There's no more running uh, around the edges and fudging a little bit here and there. There's no more. It's third-party certified. It's as locked down as we can make it, and it's electronic. So you uh, don't have to do your charting at the end of the day. Um, You do it as you go through your day. So for those that are complying with the law, it's a lot easier. And for those that are cheating, it's a lot harder. Well, that's that's great news uh, for the driver's safety uh, and also uh, motorists and commuters as well. Dave, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me, Jess. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.